I like it. Not feeling it. <laughs> Unmoved. I'm like, yeah, that's the Drake I remember. Is it? I, I don't know. Maybe that. it's like the more singing than rapping. I see. For I, me. I, I guess I misinterpreted. I thought it was going to be like content matter. Because <laughs> when he was talking about that song, I said, I do not feel this Drake. <laughs> it's his regrets and not regrets. Like the things he has to say about in response to, I think, being maybe dogged out. Not dogged out, but you know what? He not he not. He. Man, if Drake ever says he got dogged out, he needs to go back and listen to his own music. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't mean that. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, who who do you know who that he's like kind of like sub subbing at this with the song? At this point, I have no idea. I know some people said like they speculate he was talking about Rihanna on one of his songs. You don't know? I don't know. I, like I said, I Did you kept listen to the whole thing? This? Mm-hmm. I got the song five and I said, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm going to listen to it today. I try to I try to listen to it. Like I said, I, I, listened to, I listened to it. And I did it like a, like how I do every music. I put it on as I'm doing other things. I'm listening and, you know, just listening. I got the song five and I said, this is not the vibe today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I was chilling. I was like laying on the couch today. Like it wasn't like... It wasn't like I'm like trying to work. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't focus. It was more like I'm laying down, chilling on my phone. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I guess, like I said again, maybe the when he said old Drake, maybe I misunderstood what old Drake was gonna be. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what old Drake this is supposed to be. <laughs> now I need to know what for all the dogs conceptually is about is about for him. I mean, you gotta listen to it, I guess. And honestly, for all the dogs, it might not be just dudes. Like, girls be out there being dogs, too. Oh, no, it's for all the dogs. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> for that to be the starting song is an interesting choice. It's very moody. Here, I'm gonna go to the next one real quick. I wanna see what the next one is. Ziggy, play for all the doggies. Sure. Neon Lights, featuring doggy jazz by all I hate when it does that. <laughs> I didn't know that was a real thing. Ziggy! <laughs> Slaps. We'll do it. It is time. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good. That was a good beginning key. We'll do that another time. But yeah, we gotta we gotta listen to it. That'd be a fun thing to do. Like yeah. A lot. Like a, you remember those old videos on YouTube where it's like people just listening to the song yeah. and they <laughs> yeah. reacted to out. Hold on, stop. Did you hear what happened? <laughs> That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. We could do a listening party. Mm-hmm. That'd be a vibe. We should do that. We should do that. Write, write it, it down. down. <laughs> write it down. Writing it down, Listen putting it on party. the calendar. But, well, guys, welcome to another episode of the Special Friends Podcast. It's your boy, Woo, and I'm here with... It's me, Allie B. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here for another episode. Um, Yeah, Saturday. It's Saturday. Made it. Another week. Another week. Another week. Busy yeah. Saturday for Allie, sounds like. Well... I'm Saturday. Busy week. Busy week. Yeah, it's a busy semester. Like semester. I said, it's, it's the most classes I've ever taught. I'm feeling like it, I'm getting my second wind mm-hmm. in it. But the first leg of the semester, first half of it was definitely adjusting to the schedule and the demand, adjusting to kind of um, somewhat of a routine. 
at least going yeah. to class. But now it's about getting caught up on grading and just staying um, ahead of the curve. Would you do this again? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that's teaching. Uh, I think 11 classes is unnecessary. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I'm very competitive with myself. And I don't, I like to just see exactly how far I can go before I know it's like, okay, that's a bit, that's a bit uh, enough. That's enough in terms of my working, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you, like, what's the lessons you've learned so far in that? I feel like there's definitely a lot of lessons to be learned in. Yeah, all money's not good money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, All good money's, all money is not good money. Um, And also the lesson of, like, planning because mm. like if I was thinking ahead and not just taking classes because I don't want to say no because I want to make as much money as possible because I want to teach as many students as possible and really see like can I take on you know hundreds of students and and manage that effectively especially if I want to you know do private consulting and coaching uh, and I want to help as many people as possible I'm like this is a great test for that yeah, um, it's, wh- where was I going with this? Sorry. Probably some lessons. Lessons, that's right. Sorry. But, um, yeah, why am I apologizing? <laughs> <laughs> Part of it is, yeah, there's the lesson of knowing knowing that I am capable and I am actually quite good at my job, even with the most on my plate. Like, my worst or like um my worst semester was still a good semester and i have to start giving myself a lot more credit so the lessons really are just about making better decisions about what i say yes to and um being more intentional about why i'm saying yes and being kinder to myself when i do say yes to too much <laughs> be kinder to myself yeah man because these you start beating yourself up and being a perfectionist and starting to feel like oh i can't manage all this and then you give up on yourself or you give up thinking like you can manage all of it and the reality is it might be too much right now take a nap yeah and you know? some some people i remember there's like a lot of uh, entrepreneurs right now like entrepreneurs and productivity people who, who who talk about it like at the beginning when you have nothing like you have like you're just trying to like prove yourself Saying yes to everything is good, but like when you're in a position when you're solidified, mm-hmm. it really is what can you say no to? Which yeah. is which is cool when you think about it, because like someone said, like you can. If you're saying yes to everything, you might miss out on big opportunities because you'd be mm-hmm. saying yes to little opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. And some of those little opportunities can grow into much bigger ones. Mm-hmm. So especially like if, again, I want to do private, more private consulting and Mm -hmm. coaching people who have, you know, public speaking skill sets, they actually want to improve Mm -hmm. because I love teaching college students. Um, It's just they are forced to take public speaking. And so it's a good amount of them who have to like fight through even their, you know, low motivation to be in the class. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the job but I really want to work with people who are motivated to be better and utilize the techniques and skills that I'm knowledgeable of and um, for a long time 
I was taking on classes trying to prove to myself, like, I'm knowledgeable, I know what I'm doing. And now it's like, you don't, like you said, you don't really have to prove that to yourself anymore. Yeah. Or others. Exactly. You're established enough it's pretty cool. to relax. So yeah. next semester, I'm excited because I'm going to be teaching. I'm actually not teaching as much public speaking. I'm doing more interpersonal communication mm-hmm. and group communication. How's that feel? To be Very exciting. Really? Very exciting. Really? Why? Because it's going to be more discussion. It's not so much about, you know, sp- like public speaking and skill set development. It's like reflecting on the relationships around you, being present in the relationships around you. So we can do fun stuff like go people watch. We can watch movies and apply theories to the movies as to how, you know, people are using communication to come apart or come together. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot more, I think (coughs) a lot more space for activity and, um, Whereas, like with public speaking, there the activity is speaking. Yeah, you that know? makes sense. I feel like too that be that be cool because then you might be able to, you might be able to learn something that you can bring back to, the public speaking. Like, oh, I did this. How can we evolve that into this? Mm. Yeah, because I want to do more um, activity in my public speaking also. But currently, like the I like to focus my teaching skills in three areas, and I learned this from one of my p- professors, uh, Dr. Mark Stoner. He taught us that um for good teaching usually it's a balance of three things activity discussion and lecture and right now i'm really good in public speaking with activity and lecture but um the activity being just speeches is really not dynamic enough for me Mm -hmm. so that makes sense anyway i i think teaching um, like interpersonal and group communication will give me, like you said, more space to explore different types of activities that can be woven into public speaking, make it more of exactly what I can see it being, you know? That's so. pretty cool. What's yeah. Up? Busy. Shout out to the semester. Shout out to the semester. Busy, but rewarding. That's good. You know. How many more weeks do you have? Seven. Seven more weeks? It's not bad. It's around the corner. It's around the corner. Was that right before Christmas? Mm-hmm. And like... The way that I structured my class this semester was to have most of the lecture and learning in the first half of the semester and the second half be primarily speaking. So they have like their final and midterm speeches. But in that lecture season, they also had practice speeches that they had space to deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have some speaking experience, but now it's going to be prepping and delivering and listening and just enjoying each other's messages, which good. I think is a really nice way to end the semester. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. See the skills grow. Assuming they prepare. Yeah. You know, because it's not fun to like sit through a lot of speeches that people are like struggling through. That is a very arduous. So what's a common thing experience. when you see like what's a common thing that you see people struggle with when they're giving speeches? Um, well, a couple things. First is like in terms of preparation, not rehearsing enough or underestimating how much time should be put into rehearsing. And what I mean by this is it's not like ramming the night before, you know, and and rehearsing it seven, ten times the night before. It's writing the message within, you know, three days or a week's time and then rehearsing it within several days before the date. So that way it's like actually locked in. Otherwise, yeah, you might have it really good by the 10th time you rehearse it that's that same night. But you're going to go to sleep and wake up in the morning with sleep deprivation for one. You probably won't have had breakfast for two 
or enough water. So your your actual thinking is probably going to be somewhat limited because you don't have everything you need to maximize on those 10 reps you did the night before you know what I mean so like it's often seeing that or it's seeing students that you know come up and like they have important things to say it's all written out but it's not like well organized it's just a bunch of their thoughts articulated and um there's technique there's technique that we're looking for we're looking for an introduction we're looking for a fluid body we're looking for a a memorable conclusion and some people just like to dive in and get to the message and it's like you got to warm us up first, like sell us on why we should listen. Um, just because we're in this class doesn't mean that you are going to get our, te- our attention, our, yeah. our best attentiveness. You know, you got to kind of. I'm definitely ignorant because in my head, y'all in the class, like, y'all know what we hear. Let's get straight to it. Just get, just you know, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like I take it more serious than a lot of my students. Like, yeah. you know, I'm over here, like really wanting them to have a skill that's going to transcend the class and really help them in work and all sorts of things but a lot of them it's like it's not that serious like let me get up here and read this speech but some do eventually get it together because i draw the line at reading your speech really absolutely reading out loud is a completely different skill than Mm -hmm. delivering a speech so i gotta ask you a question because i saw who was it there was somebody who recently gave a speech and I found out they were reading off a teleprompter. Could you tell? Their eyes kept jotting away. Yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, that's but I'm, I'm a camera guy, so I pay attention to stuff like that, where it's like you're looking at the camera and then you your eyes jot up above the camera and like or like away, and I'm like, what are they looking at? And oh. I was like, oh, they're reading something, or like the traditional, you know, somebody at the podium and they give their speech and they look down and they're just looking down majority of the time. And it's like. I don't know, like, I was sure about, because you, you would think you would see that less in certain circumstances. Example, my girlfriend's graduation, the guy who was, like, one of the key speakers is, I want to say majority, it might be dramatic, but I definitely remember a significant time of him looking down and, like, reading a blurb, maybe, and then going up and expanding on the blurb. And I'm just like, you're, you're like, graduating people who got doctorates, and you're like. And you're reading your, your keynote. Yeah, pretty much. Those are the type of people I want to help. Yeah. But you like have to want to be better. Mm-hmm. Right. But some in some cases, like teleprompters and manuscripts, those are essential to public speaking because like in some circumstances, scripts are important. Like I, I like to use the example of covid. We all need the same message. We don't need people reinterpreting the instructions and things like that. We need the same exact message across different states, different countries. So this makes sense for a teleprompter or manuscript, you know, but like award ceremonies are a good example. I use this in my class at award ceremonies. Sometimes celebrities will come up and they'll speak freely from their heart, but other times they will read and it's like just post it as a, just post it to Instagram like post this post so we could just read it ourselves on our own time. I see. Save us the, I don't know. For me, it's like lazy. It, I don't know. It's not just like, it's not lazy. Cause sometimes it's, it's, it is anxiety, but when you are a star and you have the ability to like capture people on stage, it's just interesting. Like it to not put the same effort into become being able to do that as a speaker. 
you feel like that's them or you feel like that might be the association? Um, Cause I don't know. I'm just asking. I just think that's like society. I don't think society has a super high standard for public speaking. That's true. So I think people just accept, you know, people who read their speeches as if it's okay. But for me, it's like, that's the, you know, least effective form of expressing yourself and your voice and a message. You know, I would say though, like as a, when I think about, at least from my perspective, I do believe that, what's the word, how do I say this? I feel like when you're talking about like the standards low, I think the standards low because I think the biggest challenge that people see is that the fact that they even got up there. Exactly. Like the fact that they're up there is like, man, I'm not, I don't care how they went about it. The fact they got up here in front of all these people, I don't care if they're reading. Like, I would never go up there. I do recognize, yeah, I'm talking about this like it's not one of the greatest fears, <laughs> human fears in the world. Yeah. I do. I, I forget about that sometimes. <laughs> I know it, but you know what I mean in like teaching it and helping people to address it. To me, it seems it's it's a fear that's so um, like you can overcome it. It's one, oh, yeah, you know, but but yeah, you're right. I think there are there's a lot of empathy around that, too. Mm -hmm. So. But for me, it's about getting my students to a place to understand that public speaking is not about getting the perfect message out. It's not about getting that the, every single word that you wrote to prepare for the message out. Because the reality is if you read it, most people are not going to hear every single nicely worded sentence you wrote. Yeah, They're going to feel and remember what you, what you said. And you would benefit from putting more time and energy into just treating it like a conversation with a large group of people. Makes sense. You know, makes sense. it's not story time. Forgiving tight. It's not, not story time. Not with public speaking. Not for not for me. Oh, public like, speaking. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that's the difference between a really great um, spirit, and that's not just okay. Let's. I'm not trying to go too far down this rabbit hole. I don't know how we got here, but I'm not trying to discredit reading out loud or reading story storytelling. Oh no no. Like that, but public speaking as a skill is my point is like it isn't about being able to read out loud and express yourself very nicely that's a great skill but public speaking is being able to connect with a large group of people by being your authentic self yeah. and sharing messages you genuinely mean and yeah. originally crafted mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's where i think it gets scary is because it requires a lot of originality and it requires a lot of courage to be yourself yeah. um and you know we're just not always accepted. So yeah, I, I just questioned storytelling because I, what you said made more sense, made more sense because in my brain I'm like, I'm like my favorite is I, I love when people speak anecdotally like about anecdotes and stuff like that. But you're talking about like no, just like being able to read someone else. You can read anybody can write it. And you can write it. You can read it in a way where it's like, man, that was really compelling. But you didn't. You might not have wrote it. Versus actually telling your organic story from an entertaining and engaging place i get what you're saying a connected place yeah you know like we're not just here to like receive words you're throwing at us we're here to like <laughs> respond and experience uh a message takes me back to high school when you used to sit in them hot old when you like everybody has to leave their classroom and go to the the little whatever the auditorium the auditorium or sometimes if you had a ghetto school you'd be inside the cafeteria yes, and the cafeteria yeah yeah and you'd be they'd be giving out this the you know the people are getting out speeches and it's like how are y'all feeling mm, come on how y'all feeling i say i'm sorry i hate that oh my gosh i hate that with all my heart I can't hear you guys a little bit louder. Like, that is so corny to me. Honestly, audience is the main reason why public speaking is hard. 
because <laughs> 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 people are terrible. <laughs> yeah. And my I love my students. My students this semester are great. But they know that I give them a hard time about being kind to one another as an audience <laughs> because I got classes at all times of the day. You know, yeah. there's class at 8 a.m. There's class at 10 a.m. There's, you know, there's classes at all 4.30. So we've got mm -hmm. class at all times of the day and their energy is at different times. I mean, different places. So, you know, they don't always want to listen and look like they are engaged or like they care. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, y'all re remember what you give is what you get. When you come up here, you want to receive an audience that's going to be kind to you. So be a kind audience member. But because a lot of people are not doing public speaking regularly, they have the pass of being an a-hole audience member. Yeah. But if people could just be a little bit, you know, in the way that we'll, we'll, we will um, allow people to read to us, if we could just be, um, I don't know, more responsive mm -hmm. to people when they speak, I think we could probably start. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we could start changing the culture around it, but <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know where I'm going with that, but yeah, I feel like oh I do well. feel like. Well, I feel like I feel like everybody could could benefit from like learning a little bit more about public speaking. I do feel like it is a very like that's like a ten percenter skill for sure. I guess no. I don't know, like. Unless you are in, living in isolation, there's um, often gatherings, mm -hmm. you know, and like the re the reason, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I only say, I only say that because like, especially when I think about like, we understand like, like when you say like, we understand like we'll talk to each other, but I think about how often do people like get a group of people and be like, I'm going to give a message to this group of people. Like, I feel like. Like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, probably micro situations where that happens, like, you know, being a manager and stuff like that. But, like, I, I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning where I feel like you have to want to grow that skill. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like majority of people, they like. Want to grow that skill, yeah. <laughs> or want to do speaking, yeah. yeah. I, feel like, I feel like only, like, 10%, maybe 20% of people, like, I want to get better at speaking to people. Yeah. Other people, are like, if, if they don't get it, that's on them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the thing is more of like, I think people should have the skill to be ready to do it when they need to, regardless of if ha they're going to have to use the skill often. Makes sense. And um, the reality is, even though it's seen, I think it's seen very much as a professional skill, but there's so many personal environments like weddings and birthday parties and anniversaries where people are like, let's do toasts. I'm the biggest fear. How, exactly. But wouldn't it be nice to be like, yeah, let's go. I got, I got a great story. Give me a little liquor. I can go up there confident and drop drop a good story. Most people can. I saw a lady. I saw a lady. <laughs> I went to a birthday party this weekend, last weekend, six year old birthday party. I remember a lady did give a pretty terrible, pretty pretty terrible toast. Not that it was what she said was bad. It was just all over the place. Yeah. So you just like just saying what came to mind. No structure, huh? Like you know the joke. Do you know what joke people make? All right, hurry it up now. Yeah. <laughs> Like it felt like that, not like no disrespect to her, but yeah, you know, just, yeah, I know what you like, mean. Obviously, you're respectful, but it's at the same time like, but that's probably like my my brain. Everyone else probably was in the moment like, yeah, she's been friends with her for fifty some years. I'm more like, rambling is probably the the biggest bad habit <laughs> yeah. that most people are afraid to do and actually commit. Yeah, you know, but that makes sense. It's a, very there are very simple practices to help 
address that. Mm -hmm. So I I really want to, yeah, I really do want to help coach people because I just think it's such a simple skill to get better at. I think, I think it helps in, in, in many environments. We had a, me and my girlfriend graduated in Arizona and we flew there and uh, easy flight the way there, but on the way back, it was a little bit of a one of those flights. There was a lot of tension because one flight filled up, so they had to you know shift people to another flight mm-hmm. that was going the opposite direction to get people to the destination. <clears throat> and on that, there's like you know there's people like rushing and people have anxiety and all the different things. Specifically, there's one guy and listen, anybody who's flying, I get it. Sometimes just people be selfish, but like, can we just recognize that we're on a flight with way more people than ourselves? There was this guy, he had his carry on, you know, you have a carry on, you got your backpack, whatever. He had both of them. They told him it's full. You have to check your, you have to check your bag. He goes, I don't want to check my bag. And we're like, the guy was like, well, if you don't check your bag, you can't get on a flight. He's like, well, can I go in there and see if there's room? You're like, he's like, I'm telling you right now, there's no room. And he wanted to, he, persisted to go to go through and check for himself and check for himself and opening up bins and the, now you're finding to like the bins are closed it's full so he's like trying to find a place whatever whatever and, and the guy's telling him like listen we have to go <laughs> and you're holding up the flight trying to get your bag like you either check your bag or catch the next flight like what are we doing and he ended up i guess he ended up checking up his bag whatever whatever but like that like you get filled the the angst of the whole plane like feeling because we're like everybody sitting down last people were like stragglers are coming on and he's like the same one that we everybody's seeing like bro you were causing a ruckus at the front desk mm-hmm. you're causing a ruckus when we first walked in the plane and now that we're all sitting down you're still walking back and down mm-hmm. trying to figure out where to put your suitcase at whatever and i remember so like the anxiety's high i'm i'm not tripping on it because i live in my own world but like majority of people like i can suffer the energy like everybody's like like lady next to me, she's a high school teacher. She's like, some people just don't know how to follow directions. <laughs> like, you know, like stuff like that. So like you can tell everybody's feeling it. And I remember the pilot comes out, which we know we usually don't hear much from the pilot. The pilot comes out and he gives a speech. He gives a speech something to the effect of like, you know, I was a give me a second. What was I saying? Back to what I was saying. He was giving. He gave a speech, and he gave a speech something to the effect of, "I've been, I've been a pilot for over twenty years in the military. I used to fly A ten Warhawk. Um, Hey, we recording here, bro." <laughs> Round two. Okay, he gave a speech. <laughs> he gave a speech, and it was something to the effect of, "I've been a pilot for twenty years. You know, I flew a ten, uh, a ten Thunderbolt in the military, which is like a, a gunner. Um, and I had a fire team, and it was our job to, you know, our job to complete the mission." He said, "So now I'm a pilot, and you guys are my team." And we're in friendly skies, so you know I want you guys to help me in keeping the skies friendly, blah blah blah. And gave a message like that, and everybody really felt the vibe. And they were like, you know, people started clapping and stuff like that. And I was like, that's what's up, because it, like, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody also just felt the like the angst go down. Like, but me, I'm like, from like a leadership perspective, I'm like that was fire. 
<laughs> I love that story. Because it was, I thought that was fire. I, I thought okay. that was pretty good. I love that because I, I talked to my students about how, like, for example, with informative speaking, I'm like, what is informative speaking for? And they're like, to inform. And I'm like, yeah, nice. sure. Okay, yes, yes. Put most simply, yes. But it's really to bring people together and also respond to community needs. Mm-hmm. And in that time, like, the community really needed <laughs> You know what I mean? The vibes to be lifted yeah. after such a tense exchange to to uh, to witness. Yeah, and it's that sort of thing where it's like public speaking is exactly that's not always a formal toast or an acceptance speech or a presidential speech. Sometimes it's again address, addressing a mass or a large group of people in an airplane. Yeah, you know, in a restaurant, mm-hmm. um, anywhere that we need. A, a mass of people to be on the same page so i don't know or motivated or inspired or informed yeah, exactly <laughs> I, I thought it was so, pretty i thought it was, that's beautiful that was to me where i realized like some at least personally why some i want to get better at just because like you said that is that makes a that may obviously made the world a difference mm-hmm. now the fight's like like okay we're cooling <laughs> we're all getting he's like to say we're all going to the same place mm-hmm. you know we're all a part of the same team to make sure this flight is friendly and getting to where we need to be in, in a timely manner. So let's do that. <laughs> exactly. Leadership. It was, it was good. Yeah. Shout out to that. But on that vibe of travel, not travel, uh, public speaking exercises. Oh, yeah. Your favorite exercise is hot takes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to bring back something we talked about before. We talked about. You know, Allie does it. She does a, like um, an exercise with her students where she gives hot takes. She has the students give hot takes and expand on them. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could explain what you do. Yeah, that's essentially it's called unpopular opinions. Okay. And yeah, their task is to come up with, you know, an, an opinion of their of their own. <clears throat> excuse me. That's unpopular and ground it with some sources. If you know, sometimes we get there, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just get into the debate of the opinions, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's to, to discuss them and, exp- and express them. So, um, it's kind of a little fun activity to see all the different uh, perspectives in the space. Yeah, and I know? wanted to, I wanted to kind of bring that back to the pod a little bit, just because obviously, what's the point of a podcast without a hot take? First of all, second of all, I just think. I'm personally a divisive person. Okay. I live on the edge. Okay. Of like, because I just think some things are crazy. I think actually, if we're being honest, I keep my mouth shut a lot. I think a lot of things are crazy. Okay. But some things I need to get off my chest. Okay. So I wanted to I wanted to kind of bring that in. But before that, if you guys have been watching this far, can you do me a favor, like the video, subscribe. If you listen to the audio version, do me a favor, rate it five stars. Hope you guys have been enjoying it. But... Yeah, I kind of wanna. I wanted to get into that. So, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Who wants to go first? Mm. You can see mine. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? We talked about mine, but I, I still, I got so much passion in my heart about it. Okay, you I know, talk about it many times. You, you can open it up because it's related to, um, you know, some of the takes that my students were sharing. So, and I'll maybe I'll cover a couple of theirs. So, mine. again, my hot takes are usually attached to my life. Hmm. Recently, on that same travel back to to Sacramento, we, me and my girlfriend caught a train, an Amtrak from Richmond to Sacramento. But as we're waiting for the train, 
we met three young men from Japan. Mm. They're pretty dope, pretty dope dudes. They came to America to to do the Ironman. So they have their bikes and everything. They've been training for I don't know how long, but they've been training up to this point to run an Ironman, and they're excited about being here, kind of learning the different intricacies that America brings. Random side note, do you know in Japan, like, you know, here we have the Metro card for the bus, and then you have a separate thing for Amtrak, and then when you get to the bark, it's a separate thing. The guy told me in Japan there's one car for everything. The most efficient way to do it. That makes so much more sense. That's what I said. But they're probably way more united in how they operate. Yeah, that's why I was, he was asking why is it different. I said, I said, I don't know how it is in Japan, but I know a lot of our uh, municipalities are owned by different companies. So, like, the bus company is separate from Amtrak and it's separate from BART. So, that's why we have to have different things. Mm-hmm. But he was saying, like, he's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little confusing because, like, you know, there's a card for Clipper, but then you have to buy the online, you have to go on the online app and buy an Amtrak pass. But then the bus, you got to put change into the bus or like get a card from a station is this all for land transportation by the way does that apply for airplanes in japan too um he didn't he didn't tell me about airplanes so i don't know mm-hmm. i can't quote on that but he said he was talking about specifically train to bus and stuff like okay. that it's all the same card to use but I, if it's called if it's if it's tra- uh if it's flights that will also be fire you know that'd be so much like, imagine making just transportation so much like universally more accessible mm-hmm Life would be so cool. Exactly. So that was a random tangent, but yeah, he yeah. was. So he was talking about uh, the reason I bring it up is because he asked me a, a, a question that kind of really that really just stuck in my brain. He was saying like he's like, yeah, we're gonna be probably going to L.A. and and different things like that and trying different food. I wanted to ask you guys like, what's a respectable tip? Like, what's a respectable tip percentage to give people so we won't run into any troubles? So I told him, you know, usually 10 to 15 percent is standard, mm-hmm. but, you know, 15 to 20 is if you have, you know, decent to good service, you, you want to give 15 and above. But as I sat and thought about that on the train right here, it was bothering me because I'm like. I my hot take is I don't think nobody deserves a tip, like I don't feel like anybody should get mad if they don't get tipped. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a divisive statement because I, I know people who have gave great service and I got tipped. And, like, I don't think that's – it's hard to say that's fair. I don't say it's fair, but also, you know, it's hard to tell. You know, like, it's a tip. It's it's supposed to be gratuity. It's supposed to be extra. Mm-hmm. So, like, how can you expect somebody to give you extra? I don't know. That was, But that, that's how I feel, honestly. I feel like I don't care what nobody say. I used to be a waiter. Okay. I don't feel like you should Where be at? expected to give a tip. My family at a restaurant. Mm. So there. Did people tip you nicely? But yeah, I've I've been I've been tipped nicely and I've also been not tipped. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for me, I feel like no matter if a person's going to tip or not, your service should not change. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a great waiter, you should be a great waiter. Period. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be a great waiter because I get good tips. Mm-hmm. You should be or you shouldn't be working harder to get a tip you should be being the best version of yourself period just be a good worker like you know some people are like oh i'm not gonna take care of them because they're not gonna tip anyway like i think that's a bad thought yeah. one of one thing how can you even tell that when someone that's says that happened down? to me a few times yeah when i get like bad service because i'm pretty sure they assume i'm not gonna tip them well or... bro i've literally went to korean barbecue with richard and we got it's the same girl same girl every freaking time 
and she rushes us every time, like walking about. She like not stopping. Biggest pet, another pet peeve. Don't talk to me while you walking by. Stop or don't. Like keep it pushing. Like I'm not talking about like I'm talking about like it's literally like the walking and like you need something. You need water. Like stop for it don't take that long to stop. Yeah. You need a water. And like, let somebody answer the question. Don't you need a water? And reach for my cup. What if I don't? That wasn't water. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I said. So like, but and, but even then, I still tip because it's like, feel guilty. Like you got to be. Yeah, and that's what you brought up. You said there's like a pressure. Yeah, I always feel, I always tip even when the when the service is not good, because I feel judged. I already feel judged and like that I'm not going to be a good tipper because I, excuse me. Yeah. But so I always, I feel like I over tip all the time, Man. but, um, I agree. I wish that I didn't feel that pressure. So it would feel more rewarding when I do tip, Yeah, you know, but it's always things. It's also things like getting your nails done. You get, you got to tip for that kind of stuff. And that's places where you like, they expect mandatory tip. And it's expensive. So it's like, you know, uh, I do tip nicely because my nail techs are always great. But um, my student did an unpopular opinion on this, a speech on this this week. She was saying that she doesn't think, yeah, tipping should be mandatory because how are you going to ask middle class people to pay extra money they don't have essentially pay with pay with extra money yeah. you know and then to your point about it being service oriented well yeah if you you know quality of service is relative to the individual yeah so even somebody giving great quality service to somebody who doesn't think it's a good quality it's like a game that nobody should have to play for work so i think that's a good hot take I, I mean, I, I agree. I think I feel like a lot of society would agree with that if yeah. they had it their way. I will say, too, like there's a lot of unbiased tips, though. Mm -hmm. Like, like example, like my barber's getting tipped. Yeah. Ninety five percent of the time. Like the only time my barber's not getting tipped if I just don't got it. But listen, yeah. all I got is the 30. Yeah. To get this haircut. But if I had it, you're getting 35. Yeah. I've always tipped my barber five to ten dollars, depending on how much the haircut costs. Like oh, 35. That's so nice. What a nice price. I don't know if I've ever paid thirty five dollars to get my hair done. Well, I mean, all he does is mm, <laughs> chop it off. Maybe if you got chopped off, you probably would. I used to have a short haircut. You used to have a fade in the back. I had a um, what's it called? What is it called? Um, uh, an undercut. Oh, I had an undercut. So it's short, but it, yeah, it was faded in the in the undercut. It was cool. It was cute. It wasn't. It wasn't. How much was it? The cut itself, if I remember, maybe one twenty. Jesus, they all get maybe, maybe yeah, Man, maybe girls less. Girls pay crazy amounts for their hair, bro. But because that includes like wash, it includes oh, yes, blow dry, sense. and all then I'm also I think cut. I got coloring, so it might have been a little bit more because I got some coloring. Done. That makes sense. I'm we just getting cuts. It's yeah, like there's more to women's hair. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Loose ends. I mean, what the, what they call them? Uh, still unfair because again, like the things that we're paying a tip on also is going to be significantly more mm -hmm. and so that's the other thing that makes me upset is like dudes getting mad about girls being particular 
about not not wanting to spend a lot on dates and things like that or wanting to be treated but it's like when you think about how much women have to spend for the things that you know like clothing like beauty um regimens which men will say oh those are those are like extracurricular you don't need those things but like those are self-care for us it's not just like a cosmetic thing all the time you know like having nice nails makes people feel good and so but when you think about your nails and toes costing a good 125 after your tip and you're go and you're needing to go every three weeks like yeah i don't know like spending being obligated to um pay the tip at a dinner is like very very reasonable but it's also kind of like probably one of the few tips you're going to be paying where it's going to be like equivalent to the the amount that we're normally paying for tip tip services i don't know if that's like making sense is it i I think i I think i think i get what you're trying to say i think you're trying to say that like paying a tip at a dinner is a little bit more manageable is because the amount's going to be lower versus paying a tip when you have to pay something that's already 120 dollars like that percentage obviously is going to be just a fatter tip in general. I think women are probably spending more in tips, I think, is what I what might be my unpopular opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that because I know I know all the men in my life, they don't even I remember there was a it was actually it's like a lot of couples I think of, they're like, I'll pay you just tip. Yeah. That sounds like a fair trade, but I think so too. Um just in the general breakdown of if we're not thinking about couples. Um thinking about like how a lot of not all women have are you saying women's because women's is their price points are higher and the thing the services that we i think regularly engage are I mean, that makes sense then the price points are higher yeah that makes sense because i mean like you said i mean yeah and that's that's not saying all women and and you know engage in those sort of things um so maybe not but no i, I would no i make sense though because like i said if you're because like i said my haircut the most i've ever paid for haircut is 50 bucks at about four tip so, you know, tipping on 50 bucks and there's no percentage. It's just like the whatever most you, you've ever paid is 50. Yeah. The lowest I've ever paid for my hair is like $65 yeah. for like a wash and blow dry. I think maybe yeah. a flat iron. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, granted, like I said, I've never had the I'm, there's more you can like if you want to get the like the hot towel treatment where they put the towel on your face and shave you with the razor and. You know, spray you with the smoke and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there's more. You can pay way more, but my for me, like, nah, bro. Listen, I I get my haircut every two weeks. I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I get to that point, and I can afford it, I'm, I'm also I also live within my means. Yeah, yeah. When I get to that point, I'll do maybe do it. But right now, for me to do all that, like, if I pay a hundred dollars for a haircut, that's half of what I pay for food in my house. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm priorities yeah for me, like, yeah 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 priorities I what i want to do I, I i you know i'll get the haircut for 40 dollars every two weeks <laughs> yeah i've tried like trying to save on my nails by doing my own or trying press-ons but it's, it's not the same Mm-mm. yeah you just want you want the service you yeah. want the service and so to your point i don't think it's fair that you have to like always tip because oh, that was the point you know i feel like th- that's what i said i feel like those are the toughest ones because those are like the unbiased like, those are the ones that you get. Like, there ain't no question that you should tip. Like, my barber, mm-hmm. like, the man serviced me. <laughs> like, unless he just messes up your haircut, 
it's like they did exactly what they're supposed to do and you feel good so it's like also at the same time like i feel good so it's like of course i'm gonna eat my extra you know what i mean like you deserve it yeah but at, at the same time if if i, if I don't got yeah. it you know i don't want to feel bad for taking on a service that makes me feel good and that i can't tip you for like i that does feel sometimes unfair so then it makes it seem like luxury is only for those who can afford it well, and not to mention like that's also why you have a rate if you feel like i didn't give you a tip and that affected you raise your rate yeah you need to raise your rate yeah so <laughs> and i'm sick i'm also sick i hate to be that guy i've done this a couple times this is ghetto it is what it is i've been some places where the rate's too high i'm like i'm not tipping like i said the 50 dollar haircut i didn't tip can you pay i pay i just paid you 50 dollars to cut my hair like it's in the price yeah like there's nothing to tip what am i tipping you for you didn't you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you didn't even talk to me like that the con- it was awkward at least the guy I'm paying 35 to is like, we always have good conversation. We always in there busting up laughing. Every time you're getting five. And I'm taking my donut. Because <laughs> they have donuts on Saturdays. I love that. <laughs> so, so it's like, at least I know my five is going towards, like, you know, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. I'll go to some places that are bougie and it's like, you, you feel like, I just feel like I'm this. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. Oh, that's Get so my uncomfortable. Haircut. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I pay you all this money and a tip. Like, absolutely not. We're I hate going that. to the hair shop when it's like that. And it's all <laughs> awkward. Like, yeah. everybody's having conversation and seems cool. I don't know if it's like that there, but like, you know, everybody's having conversation seems cool and you just, you don't know anybody. Oh, yeah. You're waiting for your turn to get into the seat. But then, and then it's the different stages that your hair is at when you're in the seat <laughs> and when people are coming in. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for seeing me like this. Yes, sometimes. Can you could keep up a curtain or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, funny. man. But anyway, that was my hot take. Do you have any high takes? Hot takes? Um, you know, I don't know that mine's really that hot, to be honest. It's but a cool take. I think it's a cool take, you know, <laughs> but it's just more of a preference thing for me i i really enjoy cereal as a snack and we've talked about this but for some reason people think that it's strange that i enjoy pouring my milk first Mm -hmm. and then my cereal Mm -hmm. i also enjoy adding ice cubes to my milk so i'm going to say this out here on camera (laughs) because i do know there is a small percentage of us out there that enjoy our cereal this way okay because we enjoy the cereal milk okay and when i what's the theory for me, uh, the theory I've come up with, because I have no facts to ground this. Post-rationalization? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when pre, pre this conversation, I've rationalized this a few times <laughs> because people will be up in arms about it. Like, the milk splashes everywhere. You got to get the, you got to get all the cereal nice and coated with the milk. But the thing for me is I'm in the cereal. I'm with the cereal for the milk. Not necessarily the cereal mm-hmm. so and I like to pour a nice layer and you don't need ice cubes until the water I mean not the water but the milk gets room temperature you know or it starts to get milk. it it will eventually get room oh, temperature yeah. probably right so you know you don't add ice until then or you can keep oh. it you can add it before if you like it icy cold because I, I like my milk icy cold the, the point here is um you know you got to like build up the cereal milk and a lot of times people try to force it by putting too much cereal in at one time mm-hmm. it gets all soggy and then it gets mixed into the cereal milk when you drink it and i don't want all that i just I want the flavor i want mm-hmm. i want cold milk so 
I pour the milk first about as much as I want to drink. Mm-hmm. Layer up the cereal, you know, eat it one layer at a time, which means multiple bowls of cereal, too. And then you get to the point where you can't really make any bowls out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You either finish it with lots of cereal, you eat a lot of cereal, or you drink it all in your full. So my question is, how many layers of cereal until you're done? It's kind of like the Tootsie, Tootsie Pop question. I don't know. Maybe like four. Four layers? Jesus. It depends on how hungry I am. I'm not saying there's a lot of cereal because I feel like if you're just coating the top, that's not a lot of cereal. That just sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it's just like you eat it, you pour a little bit more. You eat it, you pour a little bit more. Man. And, you know, I I just don't like soggy cereal. I really, really don't like it. And except for like Cheerios can be like mildly soggy because they still have a crunch to it. But they're dense. You know, I don't know. It's. A preference thing. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. I just, no, I just, no, it's, yeah. To me, it's just more like, I'm just like, like I said, when I'm eating cereal, I'm usually like big old Tupperware bowl. Drizzling with, sorry for people who aren't, who aren't watching, big old Tupperware bowl, dumping large amount of cereal into the bowl, half a gallon of milk in the bowl, and I'm watching cartoons and I'm just, or I'm like, Watching something or playing a game. Something's like playing video you. games. What's your ratio? Is the milk like one third milk, two thirds cereal? Or like. I don't. Okay, I'd play by eye. I don't know the exact ratio, but I say like this I pour the milk just until you can start to see the milk raise above the cereal, and then I stop. Because then the cereal starts to raise up. I'm not the type of person where like I want, I don't want my cereal drowning in milk. Mm. I want. Do you think that's it, most people? Huh? Do you feel like that's most people? That's a good question. I don't know. Because maybe that's why people are up in arms about this. Because I love my cereal drowning in milk. Really? Yes. But yeah. I don't want it soggy. I don't. Like, I like more cereal than milk. Like, if I had the ratio, it's like Mm-mm. maybe one-third cereal, two-thirds. I mean, one-third milk, two-thirds cereal. No, yeah. Opposite for me. And same with root beer floats. So you like more more root beer than float? I mean, more than the ice cream? Yeah. That's fair, though. Yeah. Because I, I don't even eat my root beer flour. I'm going to be so weird. I just stir it immediately. You know? And you're just going to drink it. But I don't want it to be thick. I don't want it to be a milkshake. I want to still taste the carbonation. I still want to taste the root yeah. beer. That makes so sense. I have very yeah weird eating things like that where I just have particular preferences. So my hot take is very lighthearted. But um, that, that? It, it, that's, that's what it is for me, I think, this week. Yeah. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the people say. All right. Hey, that's what, it is what it is. I don't know, what do y'all think? Is it lame? I don't All know. Right. We got one more divisive thing to talk about because right. I know you got to go. Yeah. Should we talk about it? Which one? Should we, should we talk about it or should we wait on it? I don't think we have enough time to talk about it, I'm going to be honest. Okay. <laughs> you, I, was about uh, the, I was going to talk about the Joel and Beeb and the Skechers. Oh, okay. But you said you got to call at 12? At 1230. Oh, never mind. We got time. Yeah. All right. Joel and B recently signed a deal with Skechers. And listen, while I'm all here for the affordable gang and I'm all here for the comfort, comfy gang, for me personally, there's certain things that just stick out. So when jo- Joel and B is the first basketball player to sign with Skechers ever. Just recently did it after becoming, I think he was M- MVP last year. And 
I'm looking him up. A lot of people are in a hissy about it because it's like, I don't think they're upset. It's just more like this is just so new to us. Like, we're not used to this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're used to the Nike gang, Adidas, you know, Under Armour. Like, these are the three shoe brands that I see in basketball. Or that people go make their own shoe, but Skechers is just so, I don't know, left field. And Why? For me personally? Yeah. I've and never seen others. an athletic, I've never seen a sketcher that looks like it should be played on the basketball court. They always, mm-hmm. the schedules in my brain are always bulky, so I'm like, absolutely not. Too heavy for the basketball court. Too heavy. You don't think Jordans are bulky? Who, no one really Iversons worried. aren't bulky. Iversons. I've seen, Jordan 1s aren't bulky, but, aren't Jordan, bulky. but Jordans aren't made. LeBrons are for ankle support. <laughs> I'm not saying like I think my favorite basketball shoe would be Kobe's or like um, KD's I think they have a pretty good silhouette and they you know but even then people complain about ankle support in those too like because they lack ankle support but I I also don't play basketball enough I've, the basketball shoes I have are pretty plain but I do agree that they're bulky like we, have you ever seen the, the, the Kobe 2's from Adidas I haven't terrible anyways I could even pull them up but yeah, I, I don't know. I, what are your thoughts on it? Let me ask you what your thoughts as a as a person who, I don't know. What's your thoughts on Skechers in general? Maybe we should start there. I wore Skechers as a kid, first of all. Okay. So I'm not I'm not mad at it. Also, shout out to Ariel because Ariel was putting me onto some really cute new Skechers. Those are the Kobe twos. Yeah. They look like space shoes, yeah, like moon boots. That's a joke that everybody makes. Yeah, and you are those for basketball? Those. <laughs> How are there laces in there? Are there, are there buckles? I've never bought a pair. They re-released them recently, but um, I mean, I like the orange, but they they're giving like that orange pair right there with the little. I don't love them. <laughs> <laughs> we all don't. But you know, you're saying that shout out to Ariel. Shout out to Ariel though. Look up Skechers. Did you did you look up the Skechers styles? Like what they're on re- recently? Because I've seen them. They look good. I, I, they look stylish. Get, what, I, we, I don't know how I don't know how not to get into it. Get into it. <laughs> I feel like you know another reason why I don't like Skechers. Why? I feel like Skechers are um, the only company that can legally knock off shoes. Yes, I said it. What? I feel like okay, Skechers still more. styles. Pull them up. What shoes are we looking at? We're going to pull up. Look, look, okay, look at this. This this is a look at, look at the first shoe that comes up. <laughs> we're looking at what the, does that look like? We're looking at the Uno stand on air in and teal. What does this look like? It does look like a Nike Air Max. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Bro, does that not... I'm going to pull up an Air Max right next to it. I don't oh, ne- my gosh. <laughs> Listen, you got... If you Man, I'm going to put... On the video version, I'm going to put this up so y'all can see him. What's nice? Is it, 99, is it the 90? Yeah, it's the 90. Like, it's different enough, but it ain't different. Look at that. Come on, bro. It's... Down dead. to the ridges around... Down to the ridges, bro. 
the shape is different. A little bit. Like, this is a sexier shape, of course, but. Yeah. That's a girlier shape right there. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, see the, we see where it came from. Look at some other styles on Sketcher. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see how many more styles this rings true for. Well, they're still very, very much in their comfort era. Oh, that, I mean, that's all Sketchers is about. Let's look at their most popular shoes. Let me see. Yeah, let's look at the women's shoes versus the men's shoes. Jesus. Their website needs, needs some work. Come on, okay, bro. those are looking like some Nike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, what are those? What are they called? They're like Roshi runs. Roshi's, that's right. Oh, the there. Freeze, too. Yeah. So we're looking at the Sketcher website right now, and I don't know. Like, these ones are probably the most original Sketcher silhouette Good I times. see right now. But these are given like, this is given like six year old English teacher. <laughs> really? I feel like we've all had an English teacher that that rocks something like this. Cute, her cute little sketchers. And, I, and look, we ain't mad at we ain't mad at you know Gertrude, you know her twentieth year of of teaching rocking those. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What's so funny? Why is it her name Gertrude? That's just I don't mean sixty. Maybe for sixty, that's too old. Maybe she gave it more like a Diane. Yeah. So I can see Diane rocking these. Yeah. You know, with her big book bag. Yeah. Oh, I like these. Like not not all these not all these walking shoes, but I used to <laughs> <laughs> not the walking shoes. That's I, what they are. I used to work at a shoe store. And look, I'm not I'm not trying to knock on anybody who rock oh come on, man. What are we saying? Well, those are pretty good for like if you live in the mountains. You're giving fugs though. <laughs> Man, I need. Well, we want. I'm about to find a way to record stuff on these screens so you can see what we're seeing, bro. Because these are kind of hot though. Ah, uh, yeah, I like both those. Now these boots those at boots. the bottom. Those are just classic combat boot styles. Yeah, those are just. I don't know that you can say they. Okay, well, they steal these though. These are just. You can't steal a a, a silhouette. Like you can't steal a boot. I boot I feel like Skechers does a good job of making the average popular shoe accessible as far, as far as price yeah and well yeah price what is that at 90 let me see 130 for the nike 120 110 for a running shoe 100 so you're only <laughs> saving like 10 bucks <laughs> like listen i'm not trying to knock you guys this is this is this is turning something bad it's a slow realization for me <laughs> this, listen i'm not trying to knock sketchers bro i'm not trying i'm not here what did sketchers do to you i didn't do nothing listen sketchers didn't do anything to me the, the thing is to me. okay <laughs> well i think the problem is you don't think that and people don't think sketchers is as cool as nike or adidas and for that reason People have an issue with a, a very cool basketball player choosing a less than cool shoe brand. I don't, I don't think that. I just, I'm, it's just it's surprising. You know, I didn't expect it personally. Because he's not like everybody else. No, it's, I just you know I didn't again just just let me look up one more time. Does Skechers have a basketball shoe? That, okay, that's, that's a thing. good like, one. Let's look at that. Yeah. Because like example, when I think of Skechers, I'm thinking of like you know because Tony Romo has a Skechers. Snoop well, Dogg has a Skechers. That's probably why he chose Skechers is because there's space for him to actually create some new product as opposed to like going into a brand that already is like, you know, 
overly abundant with options in that shoe. This is what happened That's when I shoe. <laughs> if you step on the court, <laughs> if you listen. <laughs> I can't play basketball in my Skechers. I'm just so, not on the professional court. Why not? Do you think, look at this, look at this, this sole does not have any grip. Um, Come on. Probably does. Bruh. That's a running shoe. Okay. Well, you can always just spray some grip on there. Holy moly donut. Or, or anti, anti-slip grip. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm getting besides the point. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, the, if we want to get into the conversation of why I personally don't like Skechers, it starts with the first, the childhood trauma of people wearing Skechers. Mm. And actually, one step further, the demographic of Skechers is, that I've seen growing up was mostly Caucasian. It wasn't my brand. It never was my brand. Uh, yeah. I was an and one, you know, Shaq, mm. you know, Nike, mm-hmm. Jordan. And then now as I get older, Adidas, New Balance is like neutral zones. So Sketchup was never my brand in the first place. It was never our brand, to be honest. So let's just be honest about that. As I got older, when I realized, oh, I walked, you know, I don't know if you ever did this. You, you go to like a outlet outlet mall, like Tulare Outlet, Gilroy, mm-hmm. these outlet places, and you just walk around. As a kid, it was funny to walk into the Skechers store to see what Skechers silhouettes they had. And in that, I realized that Skechers steals silhouettes from, from, other, from other brands and just sells them for $10 cheaper. And folks just wear them and they don't care because they don't care about silhouettes. Only niggas do. And I'm or just brands, like, for that matter. But if that's the case, it might not. Might, just go wear. Just go wear the uh, the express. The express shoes. Well, and some will. And some, some do. do. Yeah, I've seen them. Those are nice shoes too. They are nice. I don't as a so I because I grew up in a like, I had Fat Farms. Did you ever have those? I've kid? seen them, but I never wore them. Those are fire though. Yeah, I used to wear like I had these pink Fat Farms when I was a kid. And then, but I grew into cooler tennis shoes because I, I actually feel like I, my Skechers were pretty cool because I think they were the wheelies or the heelys. Are, are heelys Skechers? If heelys are Skechers, I'll rock with heelys. Like, like look up heelys. Oh, maybe they were just heelys. Look up, look up, look up Skechers, heelys. Like from the 90s or something. Yeah, see, click, yeah, click those. Yeah. Yeah. Fly cruisers. <laughs> <laughs> now, those aren't it, because the ones I had, but they looked like that Skechers shoe, and you could, like, tuck the wheels underneath the, sh- the shoe or pull them out. They were much smaller wheels. You see even this? You know what this reminds me of? I like those. You know what this reminds me of? It doesn't help that I'm into fashion. I love Fila. Oh, yeah. What does that look like? DSW, love that. Okay, go back. Oopsie daisy. It's pretty damn close. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I don't know. I don't know. What year was Skechers founded? 1992. When was Fila founded? Fila's an old company. 
Jesus. Okay. Wow. I think Nike's even though Nike is founded. In, I think it was founded in the eighties. Sixty-four. Jesus Christ. So Sketch is even a newer brand. <laughs> you might be on to something. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, we might but just I crack mean, the code. I don't. Yeah, I mean, Sketchers would be probably just the, you know, blueprint for other things like DSW. Well, not DSW, but um, what's that? Just Fab, who mm-hmm. I also very much love. But Just Fab has kind of some something similar, I think. Like they do similar things. It's a, yeah, it's a shoe subscription, but they have like, yeah, just fab brand shoes that are styled very similar to like popular shoes, popular brands and stuff like that. So I feel like it's common to like borrow. But my thing is, this for like. You feel like that's the foundation of Skechers? Well, I just, it, it, I'll say it like this, like have you ever been to H&M and they had the fake Yeezys or like the fake other shoes or I shouldn't say fake, the cheaper alternative to other shoes. Mm-hmm. But the price tag also matches. Yeah. You're paying, you're getting fake Yeezys, but they're $20, $30, $40. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. Do what you got to do. I've seen a lot of Mexican aunties rocking the fake Yeezys that had the light up. I'm not mad at you rocking it because I know you. It's not like you. It's not like you're under impression that you were getting. You know what I'm saying? Like it's $40. It's cost effective. It looks decent. Cool. Beans. I'm not mad at you. But when Skechers is like, like you said, Skechers is not cheap. Well, what nine dollars is not cheap. What Skechers has going for them is comfort, and that is something that isn't universal with the other sh- shoe brands. Are shape up Skechers? I don't know. Okay, we gotta do some research today. Are shape up Skechers? Do you remember shape ups? Mm. They were destroyed everybody's back. Oh. Yikes! Did you hear about? You didn't hear about that? I didn't. Yeah, Skechers shape ups like they were meant to be like this. Like I said, I guess you I know. I think about Skechers out, are though. supposed to be walking shoes, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. Respect to their walking origin. That's why. That's what I was saying. Yeah. But I remember the shape up. I remember you remember. This was like the shape up to me is the lady who works in the front office at every school had a pair of these walking around the desk, and she was a little bit. Her BMI was on a little bit on the high side. You know, like. She wasn't the skinniest thing, but she had two kids, so she you know she still had baby weight. She would walk around. She had the shape ups because it helped. It helped with the. Anyways, she had a pair of these. Help with her fitness goals. Yeah, like, but I remember hearing that shape ups ruin people's back. That's wild. <laughs> let me make let me make sure. Let me not misquote. I'm, I remember when those were popular. Ruined my life. Oh my god! <laughs> I talked about shape up ruined, and it, the next one was ruined my life. I spent 80 days trying to get abs and it ruined my life. I don't got nothing to do with shape ups. <laughs> we got to find so. we gotta, We'll find a zoom. But anyways, I was just saying, I do. I, I do. Shape I do remember ske- wearing Skechers, I think, during my uniform days when I was a okay. kid. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have any Skechers slander to offer in yeah. this because I like what I'm seeing here. Yeah. But I do think it is a compelling point to make in terms of borrowing you know styles and silhouettes from other uh you know brands so example like and i guess the reason i might be passionate about it because i did read a book a couple not even a year ago months ago and the book talked it's a book by i got it on the shelf let's see where you at dapper dan so dapper dan obviously the legend himself the the reason we have logo mania you know what logo mania is Mm -mm. 
it's before Dapper Dan, there was no such thing as like wearing something that had a whole bunch of logos over it. Mm. Like it wasn't a thing. Like you know, we see like Louis Vuitton and it has like the Louis Vuitton bag that has all the logos over it. Like, and then we saw it on bags, but we never saw it on clothes. Cause clothes would just be a silhouette. Mm -hmm. That's what they sell. He's the reason why there's like clothes that have the logo all over it. He started that. Mm -hmm. Granted, to be fair, he stole the logo. He didn't. You know, he made it. And he ended up taking, you know, he printed the logo himself. So it was boosted material. Okay. Well. But the reason I brought him up is because he said something, he said something in that book that really stood out to me and really stood with me is that he created Logomania. You know, he got shut down because, you know, they came, you know, all the companies came and complicated all this stuff because it wasn't authentic, mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton, authentic, whatever he was doing. So he took all his stuff and they took it with him. And, you know, people were doing homages to him by mimicking the style that he used. I remember he said, a homage ain't nothing but just acknowledging that you're stealing my stuff. Because <laughs> you didn't come to me. Mm. You know, he works for Gucci now. So yeah. Gucci came to him and, like, they worked together. But, like, nobody ever came to him and, like, gave him a piece of the pie or, like, worked with him and was like, you did this, I'm going to copy it. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, stealing like an artist. Yeah. I'm going to copy it. That makes sense. So that's what kind of, like, what that is how I'm feeling where it's like, it's not like Skechers and Nike did a collab and they yeah, made a yeah. school. It was like, you got a silhouette and a patent. If I remix it a little bit, but people want that and they just don't want to pay that price, they'll buy my shoe because they don't care about the brand. They just care about the look. Which, hey, listen. We're out there. That's fashion. I'm one of those. <laughs> it's fashion. Sometimes I want the brand. Sometimes I just want the, the fashion. And That's why I like Just Fab. Yeah. Just Fab sometimes will do collabs. Like they did a collab with um, Puma. Mm -hmm. once and i really like the shoes that they came out with so maybe there's room in the future for sketchers to have that but they don't have like enough i think like like you said it is definitely shoes that i feel like more white people i've seen more white people wear mm -hmm. but again knowing that um you know they're coming up in styles and things like that I don't know. And like I said, it even like Ariel wears them. So Yeah, I'm not listening. I don't even mad at them. I'm not knocking. I don't knock anybody who wears Skechers. I just knock the company. Okay. Okay. Fair. It's the company. If you're wearing Skechers, I'm not roasting you. Yeah. But the brand itself, I'm not. You're like, just you know, pay $10 more for the Nikes. Bro, there's a disrespect where you got it from. Especially because like Nike makes a lot of original silhouettes. Like they're. Yeah. That's something they're really, really good at. And I, I got to respect that. Because like, like the Presto, when you find out that that's a. Air Max 97 turned inside out and then created like a 3D crafted, like a like 3D printed a, a sole to make the Presto. It's like, bruh, they're really in, they're really in the tank doing this. And then somebody's like, nice. Let me just re remix that. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Slap an S on it. Sketch. <laughs> mm, I'd be mad as an artist. I would be mad about that. Yeah. So I could see that. But yeah. I did want to, before we leave, I wanted to ask, you know, in that, I wanted to ask, not ask, kind of play a game. Okay. We can end it on this game. Okay. I got a list of people here, and I want to kind of get Allie's idea if she would wear, or she will, either she will wear or consider a sneaker collab from this person. Okay. You know? So we're going to start off with the first one, okay. the most obvious one Jada Pickett Smith. Would you rock a snicker collab, an entanglement collaboration with, with Skechers? No, um, that no? is not a message I would want to be rocking. Not a red table talk Skecher? Maybe a red table talk Skecher. Like an all I, red Skecher? I already have two red tennies, but I would maybe 
think about it because I like the purpose of Red Table Talk and kind of like how, you know, real the conversations are as a comms person. Like if it aligns with my values, yes, but the entanglement issue, absolutely not. But yeah. I think it would be a great concept what for if someone both? else. If she had both, like she dropped the collab and it was to you know the two silhouettes and one's the red table talk. I'd get the red table talk. I probably and would then buy them. is the other one. If they're know? cute enough, yeah. Okay. Would but you, is she on brand? What sketcher do you feel like she's on? Do you feel like she would be part? Like that's on brand or is like nah? No, I think Jada is too cool. Like I think she would want more swag with the brand that she's going with. Okay. Nice. But I think she could bring swag to it, but I don't think she would want to do that. Okay. What about? We're going to skip that one. Okay. What about Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg? Yes. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Yeah? Yes. And some, like, food-themed shoes, like cupcakes, w- like cool cupcakes or something like that. I don't know what. Like a lot of details? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like, like I could see sprinkles and then Snoop Dogg choosing, like, playful, fun colors um, or, like, L.A. colors. Have you seen Snoop Dogg's sketcher? No. Let me see. Oh, see, bandana print. Yep. I'm not mad I was literally picture. thinking like bandana print and, and like a colored bandana print and some sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's wild. I don't know. Maybe not those two together, shout but like, out. you know what I'm talking about? Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Like patterns that represent Snoop, patterns that represent Martha and like seeing them put together on some shoes yeah. would be kind of dope. I think that'd be a good time. What about Rick Ross? I personally love the idea of Rick Ross in the sketcher. I can't imagine him stepping into his Aston Martin with Skechers on. That's because you're thinking of current Skecher. I feel like he. I feel like he'll make a. If he can make like a sleek leather Skecher. Well, yeah, I could see that. I could see him stepping out. You know, with the like a burgundy. Oxblood. Yeah. Yeah. Like a leather oxblood Skecher, and he's like, he's like, you know, presents it as like a, you know. Part of luxury is about being comfortable. Especially, yeah, I could see that. Real leather. Something yeah. about the quality of leather that he used for the shoe. I could see him pulling something off like that. Especially seeing Snoop Dogg's Skecher. Yeah. There's potential. I wouldn't buy it, though. I obviously wouldn't be in the no? market. Nah, unless he came with some, like, Skecher heels. No. Ew. Don't wear those. Please don't. <laughs> Skecher heels? That's terrible. What about what about Tiffany Haddish? Yeah, she would, she'd come up with something good. I think that Ariel said that would be a good rebrand for her, and I agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like that would be a, you know, her audience is you know, we love her too, but you know she does have a heavy white audience. I think people would, would like a Tiffany Haddish shoe. Oh yeah, and she she could get away with so many fun colors. She could do Tiffany blue. So much she doesn't anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> another one I said was another. This one actually CJ brought up. Shout out to CJ. Dave Chappelle. I don't know about that one. Like, I could see it. I could see him wearing sketches, but I don't know about him getting a collab. I could see him being a sponsor. Hmm, yeah, I could see it. I don't know. I could see it. I don't I don't know. Seeing Snoop Dogg's shoe, mm-hmm. I could see it being possible again for Dave Chappelle. I don't okay. know what it would look like or how it would be different than this this though you know <laughs> like all i see that it, for dave Chappelle is the snoop dog snoop dog sh- she was called double g i could see that in like olive okay. <laughs> for dave Chappelle. let's see what you got what's the other one? Oh yeah that's great is that leather oh yeah it is leather it says leather, leather. Slip navy 
Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, maybe like Dave Chappelle's would be like olive leather or something like that. Like a brown. Yeah. But what about Guy Fieri? Yes. And like you said, with flames going across the side. If you don't have flames on there and on the soul says Flavortown, like on my way to Flavortown or something. like That's the best suggestion you've made so far. <laughs> and I would buy those. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not mad at a Guy Fieri shoe. You know, I, I don't know why he don't got more. Does Guy Fieri have stuff? Does Guy Fieri have merch? We need more Guy Fieri merch in the world. Where is Guy, Guy Fieri these days? I don't know. That's a good question. Why am I in all caps, by the way? Oh, yeah. Look at I that classic T. Like, Timu. <laughs> yeah, you got to have flames on it, bro. It, just, just Skechers and make a shoe, slap some flames on it, like old school 90s hot rod flames on it. Oh, yeah. That says, on my way to Flavortown or just Flavortown on the soul? Flavortown, that's it. Yeah, just Flavortown. Flavor. That'd be good. Mm -hmm. That'd be a good shoe. That's if y'all still that, just make sure y'all send us a check, okay? Um, Let me see. I think this is a good one. Soldier Boy. Yes. How do you feel about it? What would it look like to you? That's mm. the hard part for me. His would be a white. His would look like Air Forces. Yeah, I can see that. His, I can see his looking a like Air Force. Mm -hmm. But like, I could see him including some kind of like, either like medallion or something like that. Because you know he likes a lot of bling or like mm -hmm. chain like including chains into it or something or maybe like the rings where the laces go through are made from chain brass chains or something like that i don't know like maybe like the the uh you know like the bottom shoelace is like a chain maybe yeah or else in the back of the shoe one of the yeah. two mm -hmm. that'd be fire like hanging off the back yeah or making I, it look like there's like a metal hanging on the side i think soldier boy will be able to sell sell the shoe more than anything 100 i don't know if it'll probably look, i don't know what it'll look like I think Soldier Boy will be able to sell that fucking shoe. Yeah, he'll be able to turn around. You can't big Draco. It, if care. anything, will become like something people collect. Oh yeah, for you sure. know what just I to mean, have it. just to have it. Okay, I got, I got. I'm gonna do two more. Megan the Stallion. Yeah, Megan the Stallion can do anything pretty much. It seems like. I just feel like it would just be good branding. Yeah, not, not for her, maybe for the brand, like you know, like. Hot girls wearing Skechers. Mm -hmm. They they do seem like a nice summertime shoe to rock with your you Daisy know, Dukes. You gotta you're gonna be walking around at these festivals that you that you're shaking. You know you're behind at, so you need the to shoes. Meg the Stallion's music. My back shots sound like bongos. You know the Stallions need something to run in, something good to run in. Yeah. So walk around, walk around, twerk around, twerk around, rock. You know, you got to, you know, when you make your rounds around the club, trying to run away from the the, the, the terrible guys, you need you need shoes. I can see to cushion those steps. Meg coming up with something pretty fire, but I, I foresee her <laughs> not with Skechers. Nah. I mean, you never know. I don't know. I like the Kai Sinat one. I think I could see that. Kai Sinat? Yeah. Nah. You don't think so? Kai, I, I feel like he's so clouded up for him to get a sketcher. This would be, he, I feel like he'll do it as a troll. I see Kai Sinat doing a sketcher collab as a troll. Mm -hmm. And it sells because it's a troll, but I feel like. But I could also see them being actually fire. 
and it be a troll. I, I, was saying, I think he'll do it as a troll, but he'll make the fire shoe. Mm-hmm. But it's like the trolls at Skechers. Like, if you want the fire shoe, you got to rock Skechers. Like, what you going to do? It's kind of like this, the Kai Sinat effect. Yeah. So it's like, uh, that's the tough part. He, he intends to troll, but it turns out to be good. Good. Like when he went to New York. Oh, that was crazy. Crazy, yeah. right? Like, so, but yeah. What was the other one? What was the last one? The last one was Ray J. I think Ray J would sell the shit out of a sketcher. Yeah, that'd probably be a good rebrand for him, too. Family-friendly, father-focused. I could see him having, like, a, you know, a father-focused shoe or something. Common. Yeah. You know, like, I, I feel like he was still trying to elevate it. Like, I think he tried to make yeah. it more like, I think he'll probably go more like a a casual, everyday wear type of sketcher. Yeah, but something that's kind of still sophisticated. Yeah, something that he could still walk, you know, you could still... Yeah, something that something that'll have some kind of function to it that just like no other shoe has. I, out of all these people, I could see Ray J being the one that would actually like appreciate a collab with Skechers the most. Probably respect it mm-hmm. and like try to make the most out of it. Yeah, I could see that mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah, I think that's. You got any other thoughts on Skechers? Um, a lot of Skecher talk. A lot of Skecher talk. No, I I'm a fan still. Are you buying Skechers anytime soon? After the sh- the shoes that Ariel showed me, maybe. You might see me after Christmas time with some Skechers on. I don't know. Hey. I'm I might put mad. it on my my wish list. I'm not hating on you. So we'll just see. Just hating on the company. Yeah. Well, then, I'm, you know, I'm, so we'll have to, I'll have to ask you what the originals were. A couple, I guess, I figured out myself, so maybe I can do that myself. But yeah. I mean. Well, it didn't come as organically that. Uh, <laughs> so now I'll be paying attention. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. But, well, guys, anyway. appreciate you. As always, do me a favor. You enjoy the podcast. Like again on YouTube. Comment. Subscribe. Subscribe. You know, if you're watching, listen to the audio version, do me a favor. Rate it five stars. Help us out. Yeah. Help us out. We need more ratings. We want to get people. We want to get this recommended to people. Yes. And it's with your guys' help. Thank also, you. Thank you. send some recommendations. What do you want, What do you recommend that we talk about? Yeah. What are we missing? What Is there a gray missing? area? Yeah. Blind spot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are we missing? <laughs> <laughs> but, again, appreciate you guys. I got to let Allie go because she got things to do. She's bossing up on us. Man, you know, we're just you getting know. our life balance. I got some grading to take care of. I got a little meeting, so a little meditation. Okay, nice. So, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. And yeah, please let us know. And let us know, like, what's your unpopular opinions if you have them. Um, I hear all of them. And if you wear Skechers. Please let If you wear Skechers and you're watching this, please let me know what silhouette. <laughs> I want to know what silhouette it is. And what recommendations. 100%. But all right. Thank you guys and again for joining us for another episode of Special Friends Podcast. I'm your boy Woozy and this is It's me, hey Professor B. And we're out. We out.